Hi everyone, welcome to the I Don't Know Show with Joe. I'm Joe and I don't know much about medical professionals' rights, but my guest Steve does. Steve, thank you for returning to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. Going well, happy to have you here. And as usual, I'll start with what are you talking about when you say medical professionals' rights? What do you mean? So basically, just in general, um, all professionals, people in many different jobs are overworked, right? And, you know, companies want to get the most out of their workers. Certain workers that are more skilled end up having more power and ability to sort of limit their workload, you know, and you find that people, if they don't have unions or whatever, they might get I guess, uh, work conditions that aren't as ideal. So in the U.S., I guess not as big of a problem, but definitely in other countries. Um, But when it comes to the medical field, I definitely feel or think that um, the typical American work week isn't applicable to them for whatever reason, you know? And I think that leads to Uh, burnout and a lot of stress on their own personal lives you know and at the end of the day they're trying to help better people's lives they don't deserve to be paid back with a shitty life okay so i i guess just to um to clarify so are you talking about legal rights like should medical institutions be forced to have better work practices for these medical professionals or are you saying this is what should happen but you're not advocating for any legal force i guess i am advocating for for laws to be enacted because at the end of the day um the companies the hospitals then their companies or medical offices aren't putting these practices into place. Um, so I do think, uh, yeah, laws enacted. So what, what kind of laws would you like to see? Um, I guess starting with, um, I don't know enough about this topic, to be honest. Like, I feel like I knew more about the last one. Um, But starting with pay, you know, um, there are nurses that don't make that much. um, And they have to go and be travel nurses, which is stupid, right? Because then different hospitals are paying for travel nurses. Uh, But aside from the stupidity of it, um, there's no reason a nurse who's working pretty hard shouldn't be making enough money to pay not just their bills, but like to have a good, a, a decent like quality of life. Like a nurse should be considered a, a top tier job in a way, you know? And um, that part, I'm not sure. I don't know exactly the salaries. I have seen some nurses on TikTok complaining about the pay. So that's more hearsay. I don't know. Maybe they just want to be able to afford Gucci bags. I don't know. I don't know what the salaries are. Um, I should have looked into that more, um, but definitely residents, um, you know, in residency, um, they make a lot less PhDs for research, uh, definitely are paid very little, um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not just talking about, I, I guess that's really a different conversation, but I do want to get into that a bit. Um, at the end of the day, when these hospitals make a certain amount of profit or um, revenue and then profit you know to have the managers making more money than the doctors and surgeons which does happen at times you know i've I've, from what i've heard from surgeons that i know um again all this is anecdotal not fact i don't know factually everything Mm -hmm. um it doesn't make sense you know like i've had i have i've you go ahead, what were you going to say? What's that? 
Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, hearing okay. you out. So, so I guess the first thing is salary. So salary for, for let's say, uh, nurses, surgeons, residents, and PhDs. And I know that's a very broad spectrum. But I do think the medical industry somehow takes advantage of medical professionals more than other industries. And I think that's probably because a lot of medical professionals aren't business minded. And they're coming from a place of trying to help. And then they're taken advantage of and it's almost become the system, you know, and it's become accepted by the system, you know. Um, so yeah. are you so advocating for yeah. like a minimum wage for surgeons? Because I've never heard that before. Sure. Um, so starting with, um, I guess starting with, with residents, right? I do think residents aren't paid. I'm going to Google it quickly now because I should have done this before. Um, I don't know what the questions were going to be, but... Um, they're not paid a lot. I, you know, like, I guess, look, the system is we weird, right? But I guess the idea is that uh, doctors pay a ton of money for medical school. They don't get paid during residency. And they're, they're in a, a lot of debt generally until several years into uh, actually practicing medicine. And then... Um, they make all the money on the back end, uh, and and generally are paid pretty well, from my understanding. And and most doctors that go into the field are aware of that. And I'm not saying it's the best system, but it's not the fact that they aren't paid at the moment because they do get paid later on. Okay, um, so I I think that system is 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 kind of silly, right? I do like also. why <laughs> have what? I I also think it's silly, uh, but. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, why have someone suffer for 15 years needlessly? Like, make, figure out some system, and I know this might sound, like, um, too altruistic and not uh, practical, but let's say the, the average, um, let's say, resident makes about 70 grand, right? 70, yeah, let's say 70 grand. Which isn't okay. terrible, right? Yeah. And then let's say the average Well, it's not terrible making, for a normal work week, but if, if they're working, you know, 12 hours a day for seven days a week, you know, it's not that great. <laughs> no, like, yes, yes, yes. So they're making shit money for the hours they're working. And plus, these people, I, I mean, I don't know the average age, I guess, of a, of a resident, but I can't imagine they're 23, right? So people... If they want to have a family, you know, that's not a great career choice, you know, and the average surgeon, let's say, is making 200 grand a year, let's just say, probably more, right? Or 250. It just, it should be more, I feel like in a way they should tax surgeons more or, or the hospitals should pay surgeons a little less and pay residents a little bit more. You know, so that they're making uh, a realistic amount of money. Uh, not a realistic, a more fair amount of money. So, so my question is, so when we spoke last time about children's rights, I thought that was a very different topic than this because uh, the reason it's important uh, to talk about children's rights is because we don't think they're mature enough to make fully consensual decisions about important areas of their life but when, when we're talking about medical professionals doctors and, and nurses and residents these are uh adults right they should be able to advocate for whatever conditions they want leave a job they don't like no one's forcing them to to do this so i guess the question is um why why do you think someone needs to step in and and do something about this and why can't the the market solve this issue by itself Okay, so so it's the same as when you have a monopoly, right? When one company owns all the, let's say, um, technology or whatever it is, and no one else can enter the market, right? Then they get to set the prices um, with 
within the medical field, I don't know if there's competition to get residents, but I don't believe there is. I believe the opposite, right? And the reason for that is, what you're asking is a very good question, right? You're saying, hey, why isn't the, the market's fair? Let the market, um, why do you need to have law step in to change the market? But mm. I actually, from, from my understanding, it's actually the opposite. The law already stepped in and mm. made laws enacting um, limited supply of residencies or the, the hospitals oh. got together and decided. So they kind of made created a monopoly. So now that there's a, a limited supply and there's more of a demand of medical practitioners, the, the, the suppliers get to decide the price point. It's a supplier's market. So there's a and law was, limiting the supply? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a law legally made or if it was a, a legal, like like the hospitals got together, the whoever's in charge of the medical fields decided. Yeah, they definitely limited the amount of residency spots intentionally to um, keep, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound the opposite, I'm going to say the opposite, but I'll explain what I mean. But in order to, so, so that medical practitioners are, make more money, so they wanted to have less. They want to have less doctors, mm-hmm. less surgeons. So they make more money if you have right. a ton of them, and they just become like blue collar workers. Then they're making fifteen bucks an hour. You know what I mean? So they they limit it on purpose, mm-hmm. right? Um, Interesting. So so number there's a lot of problems with it, right? Someone could finish school and not get a residency because of there's limited spots. You know, um, and that's their lives are like in shambles now. They have so much debt. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think it's a messed up system in a lot of ways. Um, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I just don't know like enough things factually. So keep in mind a lot of these things. If you fact check them afterwards, like it might be like, oh, you got that wrong. But I think yeah, I mean, even system, you know, from from my point of view, without even looking into the legality of it or what I would argue for or or against legally but just the system itself does appear to me to be pretty fucked up i i don't get it like i know people um who who are nurses that work crazy hours on the night shift i i know people who are, are doctors in the er they they literally after their shift uh you know have to pull over on the side of the highway highway because they're falling asleep while they're driving so what are they doing in the hospital like how are we sleep depriving these people that we're relying on for care i don't think it makes any sense but why do you think it's like that i mean there has to be a reason why it is this way how did it get there (laughs) so sure so i mean okay so i do think i don't know why they're overworked in terms of numbers of hours per week the reason they do it numbers per hours per day that they're working so many hours per day is because it's better for the patient to see the same doctor throughout the day. So Not if they're sleep they deprived. The... Oh no, I I agree with you. <laughs> like like I that's the whole point of this conversation. Like a hundred percent. Like I do think it's better it's better for patients overall if the doctors are working eight hours a day, so the doctors treat them better, and the doctors long term don't get burned out, so that they have to change careers or retire at 45. I know surgeons that retired at 50, you know, great surgeons because they were burned out. Um, I see surgeons, I work with surgeons and doctors. Um, I see the, the toll it takes on them. You know, um, I, I, I had a doctor personally, my personal general practitioner, internist, whatever. Um, he, he told me, I was, I was schmoozing with him once, and he told me he couldn't afford something which whatever it was something that i could afford you know what i mean like making like whatever i'm making but like i'm not making i'm not raking it in you know Mm -hmm. it's like i told him oh i'm doing this he's like oh i couldn't afford that you know and he's like a busy doctor from nine he's like he's like a 65 year old man working from like nine to five every day that's crazy ridiculous yeah that's nuts so what do you um, what do you think the solution is? Um, and, and I guess whose part? So you're saying you're not sure if if the way things are 
are because of legal protections from the law or if all the medical systems operate as kind of a cartel they all agree to these rules that that uh and you know in addition to those questions are do you know doctors or or nurses or medical professionals that are advocating for any specific changes like what do, what do people in the field think So I did speak to someone who said that he felt that the numbers of hours they worked a day were, um, didn't make sense, you know, a surgeon. And he also said that the pay, what didn't make sense for the number of hours they were working. Um, he actually was a full surgeon, like a regular surgeon. And he told me that um, he didn't think the, the salary made sense at all in terms of how much how hard he was working you know so i don't know if he i don't know exactly how much he was making but it didn't sound like it was enough that he could survive properly in a in, in new york city you know like i mean i'm 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 obscuring it a tiny drop like yeah what he said just um but but the point is um in terms of he said he's he said that that they did try to change it at one point um, and make it that you could only work, let's say, I think it was, let's say, eight or 10 hours a day. And I am, I'm not probably getting this perfectly, but he said the hospital still found a different way to take advantage of it. You know, that they made them work 10 hours, six days a week or whatever it is. They found a, a way to, they said, he said they were just as abused with the other system. So the point is when, I, I know there are certain companies that have very rare, but like um, companies that have ethics boards, like and that can literally um, squash certain things being done in a company. Like if a company says they want to, let's say, get revenue stream from something that the ethics board decides is not um, ethical for whatever reason, it's more like a nonprofit type of situations. Then, then the company can't go ahead and do that or the nonprofit can't go ahead and do that you know and i feel like that if when the hospitals are left basically capitalist hospitals and capitalist medical companies in terms of i'm not talking about selling devices i think their their drive is to make as much profit as possible and when that's affecting not just the patients but when it's affecting people who are doing good for society, like, okay, like, why don't I care about other industries? You know, here it's more like, these are the people that are like saving people's lives and they're being like trampled on, you know? I, I know multiple people, like doctors that have died at early ages and gotten heart attacks and diseases, right. I think has the highest suicide rate. Um, it's just like, it's, it's not, and I don't think the suicide rate is because they of empathy, that they feel bad, you know? Um, for their patients. I think it's because they, it, it's a shit job, you know, it's like, it's almost like, like, it, it feels like it's, it's, it's a third world country almost when it comes to how they're treated in a certain way. So, I, obviously, I don't mean it fully. No, to, to play devil's advocate about not caring about other industries, um, what, what you just said about doctors, people say about police all the time, they're doing the most important job and everyone's hating on the police. I think that's more true than than doctors and they probably get paid less than doctors. And I don't know, and this is going to piss off think, a lot I don't of think listeners. I don't but agree that police, I don't believe, I don't agree, I don't believe police are caregivers. I don't believe police go through 12 years of schooling. Uh, I think um, that... Yeah, but they, they put their... The they put their... Well, it's it, I don't it's, mean the threats of society, but whatever. It, I it's it's debatable because I, I I think that that police uh, jobs can oftentimes be a lot more stressful than doctor jobs, um, and and I was gonna say that uh, the the job that people complain about the most is teachers. I don't know if you ever met a teacher that didn't complain about how how little they get paid <laughs> i mean i know this is going to annoy sure, people but sure, but and, sure. and i think that's completely sure. unfair P teachers are are not going through you know uh 15 years of debt and schooling and and working crazy hours they work limited hours for a limited amount of the year um and and i think largely their complaints are unjustified um 
You the, think one second you think teachers' complaints are not justified? I said l- largely. I don't, I'm not saying every specific complaint's unjustified, but in general, I, I think I think I think in general they are justified. Um, I agree with that. Okay, that's what I wanted to hear. It depends on the teacher. It depends on the teacher how much they're being paid, and if they have to work grading tests all weekend and homework and stuff. Yeah, but I'm saying in in general, um, the amount of hours they work, the amount of uh, uh, you know schooling they had to go through to to get their position, the amount of competition they have for those jobs, the amount of skill it takes to perform those jobs, um, supply and demand, uh, market prices, etc., um, and how many hours they're actually working compared to pay does not seem that crazy most of the time. I'm not saying it's never uh, a bad pay, but um, generally it seems normal. So it seems like from what I see that the average teacher makes $60,000 according to... um, And the average resident surgeon makes $60,000 as well. This um, is in the is, same is, population? Like, like I don't know what... No, no, no. I, I, I think before you um, comment on that... No, um, I'm asking. I'm asking your, your comparison. Teachers, a resident... A res- one second, sorry. Go ahead. What do you want to say? I'm asking your comparison is is from the same population, like average among Americans and amongst New Yorkers. What Are they averaging the same population? Well, well, before we get into that, I'm not saying an average surgeon makes a lot more. A resident, maybe it makes sense that a resident's just beginning his career. As teacher, we're talking about at the, like in the middle of their career. The resident, we're talking about the initial pay. Um, I think from what it, I'm just I'm just googling it. It's just Glassdoor, elementary teacher, New York, uh, 61 to 90k, which is pretty good. Um, 46k to 95k in public school. Okay. Um, but at the end, of, at the end of the day, um, I, yeah, like I mean, every industry is different. I'm focusing really on the medical industry, uh, the doctors um, specifically. Um, I understand like everything is a different topic. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of nuance for every field and. Um, it's hard to compare them to each other. You know, I do think that doctors go to school the longest. Um, they're doing something really good for society. And I guess I care more about their rights than uh, teachers and policemen. Not that I don't care about their rights either. I'm just, I care more. That's all. So that's why that's the topic. Like I started off. My first topic was about children because I care about children more than I do about teachers or, <laughs> or, or policemen too. You know, if we had four episodes, then we can move on to teachers <laughs> and policemen. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's totally I'm going fair. Back, the, what do you say? I said that's totally fair. I was just, I was just asking. Sure, sure. Um, so actually the residency cap is a federal law that limits the number of positions that are funded by Medicare and Medicaid. Uh, oh, so, and it uh, has not kept pace with the growing demand for residency positions. That's what uh, it says. So, so uh, Medicare and Medicaid, which is the government health care programs, have a say in how many residents there are? Residents there are. That's what it's saying. They're not funded. So I guess that means... Um, I don't know if that means they pay their salary or it means they, like, if you want to see a doc, uh, a resident using Medicare or Medicaid, you can only see, let's say, there's only, let's say, 10,000 positions available. Other, anything above that, Medicare or Medicaid won't pay those residents. Um, so I'm not really sure. Um, Interesting. Okay, let me see. I, I should have looked into this more, honestly. I, I so I have a, a better, um, understanding of the system so that I have a better formulated opinion. Um, well, I, I think yeah, the whole system been... is is bad, and I think th- things like Medicaid and, and Medicare and, and government getting involved make, make a lot of things worse, um, for sure. So I'll definitely be on that side. 
but it, but but it, but they they do they limit it on purpose because they don't want a physician like a doctor surplus and and that's an issue because these doctors are overworked. It's a huge issue because um, you know, I'm hearing we have a doctor shortage in the country, at the moment. That I don't know. I I heard somebody say that recently that we have a doctor shortage. And so when it comes to like immigration policy, they're saying like maybe we should prioritize medical professionals because we have a shortage here. There was some statistic they were citing. And I think that's that's the valid point, but I think it's ridiculous that we're at that point. Like why are they not increasing the caps of the how many, you know, and, and, and why are they? Why is there a cap to begin with? Again, <laughs> These are great economy. questions. Why? I, yeah, I, like. Go ahead. No, that's that's what happens when, no, when the government sets arbitrary minimums and maximums on things and decides to fund things and not other things. There's always consequences, and then there always reaches a point that says, "Why are we here?" Um, and I guess someone thought it was a good idea at the time. Is is the answer? Right. But um, right. no government oh. involvement would be my preference. Okay, I agree with that. I mean, I think going back to your question, the, the reason we got into this is you said, why should we step in? These are adults. And the answer that I'm saying basically is because we did step in. And, no, and that's a great answer. Okay. Yeah. No, that, 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 that's definitely worth talking about. If the reason that there is an issue is because of the government, then I think it is on the government to at least reverse it if not do something to clean up the damage and and i think i think that leads into everything i think that's why they're overworked they have too many patients that's why they you can only see a doctor for 10 minutes and they view you as a number like a cow you know just going in um because they have to see 20 other patients otherwise they they can't make they can't break even that year you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's just a, it's just not a good system um well, but aside from that, it comes also, I think, from a lack of empathy, right? I think, um, again, all this is hearsay, but like the concept of a, 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 a nurse working three nights a week overnight, right? Or four nights, whatever, however, I think it's three nights a week, right? So, like, and then they, they have a miserable life for a few years or even a year, right? To the extent that I've heard nurses say that when they joined a practice, like or hospital, the other nurses warned them about the depression, and mm. um, some of them weren't warned, and they got depressed. Some were warned, and they were given like ideas of how to care. Like, why, why get to such a place? Like, there's other solutions. You can have, you can have a rotation of nurses. Every nurse just does it one night a week, right? As opposed to nurses that are like being hazed or whatever i think when they start in the hospital they have to do it for two three years you know so they when you when someone has like a a extended amount of stress on their body you know there's a much bigger impact than when there's a stressor once a week you know yeah and it's just it's just done in a in my opinion in a very cruel it's a cruel system honestly like it's ironic that the empathetic people of society created a cruel system for themselves yeah and and it is similar to hazing i think that's a good uh, example and it's like it's long-term hazing and it can really be detrimental and i i don't think it's unique to the medical industry but i think it is it's so widespread in the medical industry like you said there's no alternatives like in my old company there are plenty of jobs that were available to work swing shifts so you do like three nights uh, 12 night uh, overnights and then two 12 hour during the days and then you do one full week of, of eight hours and then you actually got to be off for like a week or two in between swings and some people really wanted those jobs most people don't because it's crazy but I mean you have the option like no one's forcing anybody to do that kind of job but if you want to be a medical professional you have to go through this hazing thing and that kind of sucks yep yep and, and especially also like PhDs, like I know people who literally, um, well, they told me, I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but they, they, they believed at least that they were onto like, like really like interesting things, breakthroughs in the medical in, in research and cancer research and other types of medical research 
And they said because of the pay, they just couldn't support their family. They're like PhD. And I know we're breaking off the topic a little bit because PhDs aren't like, they're not doctors. But it's just like the companies that that make money off of the papers that they write, all these papers are read, right? The, the person who wrote the paper didn't make any money. And now you take the accumulation of, let's say, 30 papers to make a discovery. And now you have some company or one person uh, who, who might be a scientist profiting off of it, but not giving any benefit to the uh, the people who helped fund, found, I guess, lay that foundation. Like, for example, I'm going to give an example that's uh, controversial. Mm-hmm. Okay. Make it a little more interesting. And I, I have... My opinion is not, uh, I don't really necessarily believe what I'm going to say. Okay. Um, but the, but the woman who, who funded the, who, who discovered the, the vaccine, the mRNA vaccine, right? Um, I, I can't pronounce her name. Um, let me see if I can find the pronunciation. Is it one singular um, person? Cause I, I've heard multiple names. Well, she was the main person. There was a, a guy who two people won the, the Nobel Prize just now, but I think she's the main. She was the one that like literally spent 15 years and devoted her life to it. Uh-huh. Uh, um, what's her name? The only name I know is Robert Malone. I know he's not the inventor, but he had something to do with. Yes. So that's where we're going. That's where I'm going. So Catalin, Cat, Catalin, uh, Carico. I don't know if I could pronounce her name. Uh-huh. Right. So she's she she's the the main one as far as my understanding. Right. Um, her and Drew Weissman just won the Nobel Prize, but from my understanding, she was the main person. Okay. Um, and her work was based off of that other, what was that guy's name that you just mentioned? Robert Malone. Yeah, Robert Malone. So so he, I mean, she's the one that didn't put in all the legwork, and that's why he was upset, because I think it was, he's the one that started down that path, right? It's the same concept. Like, he doesn't get any, um, I mean, he might get some credit, but he doesn't make any money off of it. And maybe he shouldn't, I don't know how much, he 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 participated, you know, or how much he contributed to it. Well, what my point is not that you. It sounds like what I'm I'm making an argument that okay, thirty people wrote different papers, and then this person made a discovery based off of those papers. They should get some money off from it. Like that's not real because then maybe you could say Aristotle should get money, like and have a trust fund for two thousand, you know, and like. Everyone who's been it, you know, or or Pythagoras, like all architect, you know, like it's ridiculous, right? The con- what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's go, not what go I'm back really, to where I'm going. yeah. <laughs> that's not where I'm going. Where I'm going is that that as a group, the the scientific body has a lot of um, suffering to get to a certain place, right? Um, the the scientists have to suffer financially. A lot of them. Scientists like her, she herself suffered for many years without making money. She got, I think, she couldn't get funding for her project um, for many years, and a lot of suffering. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when so it's a uh, uh, someone gives up stuff to uh, not sacrifice. To suffering, um, uh, I'm sorry, what sacrifice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of sacrifice, and I think it's unnecessary. Like. Like, as the system as a whole, like, the scientist says it should make literally a union of scientists, that their work cannot be used by a company, like a, a company to profit, unless that company shares, doesn't have to share all the profits, just that people are having a livable, like, a, a decent, fair life. That Meaning, she herself, uh, Caitlin, whatever, I, I, should, I should pronounce her name right, she did do it. Uh, Catalin, Catalin, I'm not trying to pronounce it. She she made a massive discovery. She benefits society so much. But at the end of the day, it's in her best interest as a human being that lived 10 years suffering, however long she, she sacrificed for, that there were laws in place that her company that now made her billions of dollars, money should be sucked out to feed other scientists' salaries or PhDs to increase the the base rate, 
across the board. So that if such a law was enacted, and I know you're going to say capitalism, who said, why should we step in, etc. But if yeah. such a law was enacted, it would benefit her herself because then she wouldn't have suffered, had to sacrifice for 10 years. You know what I mean? I it, guess it, so, but... Uh, uh... I, 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 I guess, you're, I mean, you're right that I don't see it that, that way. I mean, I think that uh, generally when people are working for uh, a company that's, you know, sponsoring their lab work, they've agreed to sign over any patents to the company, and that's usually the arrangement. If oh, you, I'm not talking, wait, 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 wait. I'm not talking about people working for companies. Those people are usually But I'm saying if you, if right you work independently I'm and about, patent... I'm talking about people working, I'm talking about people working in academia. But I'm saying if you if you develop a patent on your own without a company sponsoring you, then then you can sell that patent for however much people want to pay for it. Um, I don't think that uh, I, I mean, I don't know the particulars of, of this woman's arrangement and, and how much she was paid or should have been paid. Um, but I'm saying the, I'm just saying the Go ahead. Sorry. I'm talking to you. Go ahead. No, I, I, I just think that uh, taxing people disincentivize people from working hard. The, the reason that you work hard is because you, you're expecting that payout. You're not uh, working hard so that you can get taxed and, and not make all that money at the end. That's, that that incentivizes people of lesser skill to be working. So instead of this one really smart lady who works on something for 10 years and comes up with a, a genius idea you'll have a thousand people working on very mediocre ideas and they'll never even achieve the thing this lady achieved because there is not that incentive. That's That would be my prediction. Sure. I mean, I don't know. It, I, I understand what you're saying. One is I don't know if... I, I would imagine there's a lot of things that have helped society... Um, that were not profitable. That were there was no way to make money off of it. Sure, you know. So, so now you're you're basically saying that anyone who has ideas and then they start thinking, hey, you know what? I can't make money off of this, and I'm also and I can't make a ton of money off of it, and also I have to sacrifice so much. Like, what's their incentive? Number one, and number two sure. is I don't I don't think. I don't think that, I do think that a lot of people would still, even if they're super talented, are going to step out of the industry if it's not, because uh, they still want to sacrifice as much. It's not just going to be, I don't think, uh, what's her name, the woman who invented the vaccine was basically hoping to make a billion dollars. I think she was doing it altruistically because she's an altruistic person. She just got very lucky, I think, with COVID and then it working, etc. You know, I, I think she there's a good chance she thought that she probably died before any she got any money out of this. You know, like it'll take two you know, and before it was even maybe helpful enough to society to make such a big difference, you know? Um some things take decades or, you know, someone's going to, someone doesn't want to make money when they're, you know, like have a shit life till they're 60, you know, and, and, and I actually, I think that's what happened with her. Like, I don't know how, how old she is right now. Um, what's her name? So, yeah. so just to paraphrase, and I, I know you're not saying it exactly like this, but, but how I'm interpreting it in a cynical way is you're saying she did such a good job and made so much money that we should take away that some of that money because uh, because this way other people won't have to suffer. No, no, you're you are misinterpreting it. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm uh, saying cause, so that she she shouldn't have had to suffer. Meaning, if well, you can't go back in time. Place, okay, we can't go back in time for her. But if that was the rules in place moving forward, then people people then. People like her won't have to suffer along the way. She's sixty-eight years but old. But I think people do think make those arrangements. Suffered. So, so what? people do make arrangements like that. Like there are plenty of people, for example, working for my company right now that are being paid a salary, and they're doing research and development, and they're making patents. And every patent that they make goes to the company. The company owns every single patent. And even if it makes the company a billion dollars, the company owns it. And in exchange, they are paying these people a salary. So that is what they're doing. In order to not suffer, they accepted a job with a salary. And so they're making a living wage. 
And if they discover anything great, they don't get to reap those rewards because that was the agreement that they made. Sure. I'm, a, I, I'm not, I'm not advocating. I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm not coming from a place where I want people to have the maximum happiness and contentness and money in life. I'm coming from a place. I want minimization of human sacrifice and suffering. Okay. Right. So in, in her scenario, I think she was working in academia. Uh, a lot of these people are working in academia where they're making $35,000 a year, barely getting by. And then someone in their field makes a big discovery and they're like the Michael Jordan of their field. And now they have 300 million or $2 billion. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And, for her herself, it would have been better if the field was different. Because now she gets to reap her rewards when she's 68 years old or 65 years old. Uh -huh. She, up till she was 65, she had to sacrifice. Like that—that's the prime years of your life. You don't want to be living, giving your—you're you're having a, a frugal life. Your kids have to live a frugal life. You know, it would be better for her if the system was different. I, I'm not talking about corporations necessarily i mean i am but i'm more talking about academic discovery i guess um that if it was more of a a, a little more taxed so that and the wages were lifted a little more for all phds people i feel mm -hmm. like it would just be better gotcha okay let me let me ask you about other types of rights. I, I don't know if you thought the conversation would go in this direction, but I, I am interested to, to get your opinion. Do you think doctors and nurses have the right to not participate in things they find morally objectionable? For example, abortion, circumcision, taking people on or off resuscitation, giving COVID vaccines to children, giving sex change operations to ch children, etc. Anything that a medical professional might find morally objectionable. Do you think they should have the right to not participate? Can the answer be, I have no idea. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, like, I know it's a, uh, again, it's a hot topic. I, I just haven't given it a thought. Okay. No, no problem. In a similar vein, but but this one I think uh, touches a little bit on on something you mentioned earlier. But what do you think about all the nurses and doctors who got fired for not getting the COVID vaccine? Okay. Um, I think I think they should have all been put in one hospital and <laughs> or in a group of five hospitals, and anyone who didn't believe in the vaccine could go to that hospital. So everyone would be happy. <laughs> That is uh, uh, not a horrible answer, actually, um, because, you know, like like you were saying before, these are the, the people that were giving up everything for society, especially at a time when the virus was very dangerous and there were no vaccines out. And these people all got covid um, working on the front lines, trying to save people's lives. People cheered for them daily, our frontline heroes. And then as soon as the vaccine came out and the people who wanted protection got protected, these people who were the heroes, a lot of them got fired uh, for not wanting to take the vaccine. And, and people didn't care whether they had already been infected or not. People didn't care whether they were testing themselves to make sure they were negative. It was just a uh, mass compulsion to make sure that everybody did this thing, even if people didn't want to. And, and I thought it was a gross uh, repudiation of, of the people that we were calling our heroes. Um, but the solution sure, of putting sure, them all sure. in, in one hospital so, is not a bad answer. <laughs> sure. So, so actually I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say the thing that you necessarily want to hear or anyone wants to hear. I just want to hear um, your opinion. I don't want to hear anything sure. per se. <laughs> sure. My, my, my opinion is, is really kind of what I said before. But, but I do think that that if it was the people that believe, it's similar to abortion, right, in a way, right? The, the argument, I'm just saying, that people who believe that you should have free choice, my body, you know, my choice, um, you know, they're, 
the other side is thinking it's murder, right? So in the conversation of murder, the the conversation of my body, my choice doesn't matter, right? In the conversation, there if they would say it's not murder, that's a different thing. You know what I mean? So it's almost like they're having two different conversations, both sides, and they're like, you can't, you're, you're idiots. To each are saying to the other, and both of them are talking in different languages almost, right? Because yes. you know, my body, my choice is just not even acknowledging the beginning of the concept that it's murder. So, so basically, what I'm trying to say is the relevancy to this conversation yes. is that if the people who are pushing the COVID vaccine are doing it for profit or because it's a social thing to do or whatnot, then it's one thing. If the reason they're pushing it is because they believe that's going to cause death if you don't get the COVID vaccine, right? Which you may personally not believe, but if that's what they believe, right? And I have seen, the, and you might say, hey, they had COVID already. Yeah, but maybe the vaccine plus COVID has a higher prevention rate or whatever yeah, it is. If that's doesn't. what they believe, and the fact that, oh, they're heroes and this and that, at the end of the day, now you're a mother walking into the hospital. We're going to get rid of you. You know what I mean? Like, if you were mm. a nurse, the nurse who, who killed, one second, one second, one second, the nurse who killed Ty eight babies, Typhoid she was a hero Mary. up until the point that she killed eight babies. Sorry, go ahead. You're talking about Typhoid Mary? I think that was unintentional. Um, but, but look. No, 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 I'm not talking about Typhoid Mary. There was, no, no, no. There was a woman recently who was, who was giving uh, baby shots to kill them. Oh, <laughs> sounds like she's a murderer. <laughs> but, but, that's literally what I'm saying. No, but, but, but the point is, I, I, I do think forcing somebody to get a vaccine that, that doesn't want to get it is immoral. But whether you want to take that off of the table, you can only give somebody a disease if you're infected with it. And if you've tested yourself and you're negative, it doesn't matter if you have a vaccine or not. You know you don't have no, it. No, because because I no 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 because it's it, it it's probably undetectable for for a little while. And there might be if it's undetectable, it's not spreadable. No, I don't believe that. I okay. Well, look, we don't have time. to get into all it the. Takes time. Yes, no. Yeah. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time for it to 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 aggregate in your system enough so that you can. It's the same thing like like cancer, for example, right? You could have. A million cells of cancer, a mass that's a million cells, and there's no machine in the world that could detect it because the only way it has to be a hundred million cells till it's detectable by any machine, uh, MRI machine, right? You, you you have so much going on in your body that science is not capable of testing yet. So I do think it's probably it's very likely it's spreadable before it's testable it's maybe only uh eight hours or a day i don't know how long that time period is but i i, I don't agree with that assumption all right Again, um i agree. i think there's a, a lot of uh uh things i can say especially uh in retrospect how effective the the vaccine has been especially with uh patients themselves having the option to be vaccinated or not um and uh i, I mean we can do a whole but again one one sec one sec yeah. i think that's the point i think it's like the abortion topic i think it's not sorry, though. I you off. it's not but i think it's, it's like different. it's like you're having two different conversations i disagree i think there, i think when it comes there, to abortion think when, yeah, i think so. when it comes to my abor abortion my body my choice is retarded because you're you're choosing you're you're saying my body my choice there's another potential life that you're affecting so it's a nonsensical statement uh whereas uh when it comes to covid no, my body my choice is stronger and you can say that um that if if you're not vaccinated um then there there might be a higher chance that you have the disease um it might be a higher chance of you spreading it but it's if you don't have the disease, you can't spread it. And if um, if, if someone else is vaccinated, then I don't think they have a higher risk of being exposed to a vaccinated or non-vaccinated person. It's really not the same. One second, one second. I'm not comparing the abortion conversation and the COVID vaccine conversation in any way, shape, or form. I'm comparing the slogan. The, I'm just body, comparing the slogan. I think that I, my body, my not, choice for abortion have, doesn't make nothing. sense. I'm saying I'm not. That's not why I brought it up at all. 
what I was trying to say with bringing that up was that the two sides are having two different conversations. I understand. And I'm saying with COVID, the two sides are having two different conversations. And it, it, it almost feels like you're you're taking one side and not recognizing that the other side's conversation is different. They might, you might, if you were to say, look, they're wrong, that that's one thing. You, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds more like you're saying you understand where they're, does that make does it make sense? What I'm saying. It sounds like, to me, it sounds like they're you're having two different conversations and you're not hearing each other. That's all. No, I I I. You're not I acknowledging that the... they they think you're these people are murderers. Okay, I I I understand what you're saying, but I just think that it's irrational. I think on the abortion side, I think there are good arguments on both sides of the issue i don't think my body my choice is a good argument i think but when it comes to covid one second, one second on abortion which one second which which of the two do you see both sides abortion or covid well no i'm i'm saying there 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 are two sides to every argument i'm saying when it comes to abortion my body my choice is is not a valid argument for either side and when it comes to vaccination it is but I'm, I'm, I still understand your point that I, the two sides are. Where I, one second, that's where I disagree. One second, that's where I disagree with you. I, I think that for the side that you're a murderer, if you're walking around in a hospital unvaccinated, it's not true. Right, especially susceptible. Then one second, if that's what they think, then you're just saying that. They're wrong. You're not a murderer. No, but it, so because people, it's not true. The, 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 How can you be a murderer if you don't kill anybody? If I walk around with a, a weapon, am I a murderer? If I didn't use it? If I walk around... No, 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 no. no. Here, if you walked around with... Um, spread your hands with um, uh, malaria or whatever... Well, ho- wait, you're making a leap. I, you're saying... You're, you're assuming that I have malaria. That's not the case. I think I think first of all we got real if, topic and I'm I know I know we we can we can go back point. to it we can go back to it I'm but fine with you calling a murderer someone who knows he has covid and goes out to someone who is susceptible to uh uh you know older or comorbidities and spreads covid to them and that person dies then yes then you can say that person is a murderer if there's I someone think, I understand mm-hmm. No go ahead I think I know where you go. I think that that they're saying they're not making. I don't think they're asterisk now in in the height of COVID or close to the end of the the hysteria of it, where they thought it was spreading like wildfire. Then there's a good chance you have COVID. So it's almost like if you if there's a good chance that this guy has malaria, we're not going to let him into the hospital. So there's a good chance you have COVID, even if you're testing negative. That's their opinion. I'm not saying. I, I, from their perspective, it's almost like you're a murderer. I'm not. I'm not agreeing necessarily with them. Okay. I might think the COVID vaccines were bullshit to some degree. So many of them that you need so many, and they were pushing profits and bullshit. I could. I could think all of that, but I'm just saying. At the end of the day, I think the reason they're so, uh, um, whatever stubborn about it is because they believe you're the worst. I'm just saying that's the disconnect. But anyways, I, I really don't know enough about really a lot of things we're saying tonight, but I, I definitely don't know enough about this. No, no, no worries. Um, all right. So just to, to bring it back a little bit, the uh, one more um, question kind of in this vein, but, but probably less controversial, but um, what do you think about doctors or anybody who has CPR or, or first aid training that get sued trying to help people who are hurt? I mean, is, don't they have good Samaritan laws protecting them from that? Not always. Depends. It depends on the place. Good Samaritan laws, I think, applies if the person's unconscious. But if they were in, if it can be determined that they were in a position to consent to treatment or not, and they didn't explicitly give consent, you can get sued. At least in New York. I don't know if it's like that everywhere. Um, I didn't know that, but I mean, I guess if someone's awake 
and Dr. Schertz, I don't understand, like, I mean, I just don't understand the scenario. Like, could you give a scenario? I, I don't I don't know exactly. I, I think that um, there have been many instances of um, people with medical training legitimately trying to help people, but end up like, for example, if you do CPR, you're usually going to break people's ribs and, and then they get sued. Um, aren't, aren't, aren't people who need CPR like unconscious? They can't give Um No, they could be gasping for air or, or um, they're not always unconscious, but 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 regardless i think i think the point is i i, I don't know all the details um i just think it, it's it's weird sometimes what um you can sue people for even if they clearly have the intent of of helping but i guess on the flip side if someone has the intent on helping but don't know how to help then it can make things worse a lot but if you have medical training and you have the intent of helping someone I don't think you should be allowed to be sued. I think it discourages people from helping in these types of situations. Okay. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't understand the scenario exactly, but I guess if there was a case where someone could give ex consent and they didn't give explicit consent, I think the fact, if they're also capable of denying consent in some way, I think the fact that they don't deny consent means they're they're accepting the, the, the help because right. they're in a a position where they need the help and most people could assume they want the help and the fact that you say they don't the fact that they don't say they don't want the help I think they shouldn't be able to be sued. Yeah. That's an answer to something I don't understand the case. Alright, so back back to kind of what you were talking about originally and, and what you were advocating for. Have there been any recent advancements or changes in the landscape of medical professional rights that have been going in the direction that that you want or has it been status quo for a long time so i mean i do think um like i said before that there was something to try to stop the 12-hour shifts um or like the overwork of doctors uh residents um but i think i think that um as i said then before that they abused them some other way. I'm not sure the exact details. I was just talking to one specific doctor who said that they did at one point limit it. Mm -hmm. And the doctors just found a way, a different way. Those hospitals just found a different way to abuse them, like make them work more days or whatever it was, weekend. I don't know what the situation was. So they said it backfired. But at the end of the day, if there were uh, labor laws or standards preventing them from skirting it and finding some other loophole to abuse them like there should be a response to that you know but again i think it all boils down to really the the act that limits the the law that limits the number of residencies and doctors that creates this supply problem and therefore not the patients get less care the doctors have less control or say mm -hmm. or surgeons because the hospitals and the companies have more power because of the limited uh spots available gotcha and do you see anything right now that makes you hopeful that anything will change in the near term no <laughs> that's, <laughs> um all right well that's depressing uh, <laughs> Steve, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know a lot. I don't really yeah. know anything. You know, this is this is me speaking, without doing a, a lot of research. It's just thoughts. You know, so it's like someone who can articulate it better, or if I would spend a, a few hours doing actually re, actual research, uh, I might have better opinions. But honestly, I forgot we were meeting today, so I, <laughs> I, 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 I research. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, you're we not supposed to say that part out loud. <laughs> we did reschedule a few times to be fair to me, so and not. I mean, well, to 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 be unfair to you, we <laughs> you should have already been prepared. <laughs> I'm kidding. True. Uh, Steve, we're getting to the end of our time. I want to thank you again for joining me. Before you leave, what is one thing, if you had to choose, only one thing that you want me and all of our listeners to know? Uh, 
I guess if you ever become a politician and are able to change laws or uh, petition laws, then maybe put this on the table to give some more rights to people in the medical field. Now I know. Oh, no. <laughs>